Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDowell, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, brew buddies. Be clean. <laughs> Be clean. <laughs> is that your rapper name? Yes. He was coaching his laundry or something. It was like butt clean. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's based, not go back there. <laughs> based on our uh, off-air off discussion. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. I'm telling you, we we get we're, we're we got gold there, Moscow. We got gold. We should have a special membership to listen to us when we're not on the air. Just the off-air. Yeah, so that could be the paid, the paid. It's kind of what we're really like. Yes. And they'd have to like sign a thing that said they wouldn't re- reveal that to anybody. They'd have to have their wives and their kids leave the house. Everything we're on right, here, right? They'd have to have scheduled confessional uh, for Sunday and everything. It's not Sunday though. <laughs> well, they they have to do it after listening. Right, right, That's right. That's what I'm saying. Right. They'd have to really clean themselves up, make themselves presentable. Yeah. After they felt so dirty after listening to us, we'll just keep it to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about feeling dirty, how about them Northern Brewer guys? They got Are they dirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're what a great uh, sponsor! They uh, sponsored uh, our uh, anniversary. Yeah, party. yeah, they put in a bunch of effort on that. The, was the one of the best party. anniversary parties anybody's ever had. I'm thinking they that was great. Uh, they sponsored this show for. Seven plus years. years. They've uh, they've uh, done a lot of good things for the homebrewing community and continue to do so. And I, I think that's really uh, one of the things I appreciate most about Northern Brewer. You know, I was talking to some of the uh, the guys at at the conference, and uh, it's very clear that they want to make homebrewers successful. I mean that that's really their their concern. Yeah, yeah, sure. They'll they'll make money off of homebrewers if homebrewers are successful, and they probably won't if homebrewers aren't. Right. Yeah, it's so, good for business. Yeah, it's but good that for all their goals, but, you know, line you know, up. To that talk way. to them, it's kind of like they're really passionate about homebrewers being successful. No, it's a great objective. That and way, you've got the uh, freshest ingredients. Yep. You got the biggest variety of ingredients, right? And you get them to the brewers on time. No, it's yeah, just they, they which go is through, what they do. You know, take for example malt extract. They go through so much malt extract. It's as fresh as you're going to get. Yeah. You know, unless you're suckling it from the teat yourself. You're... Somebody has a tit for that? Wow. Well, hey, straight from the tit sometimes good. I thought I liked tits a lot, but that's another reason to like it. <laughs> I remember I was... <laughs> when, I, when I brewed with Matt Brindleton, yeah. we brewed a... What did we brew? I forget what beer. You suckled on his teat? No, but he, he gave me beer and he, in kegs, I was unfiltered. The, the mm-hmm. beer that he wasn't going to share with the public, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Yeah, I got, I got a pal coming to you, and it's uh, straight off the tit." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What do you mean?" And I was <laughs> like, "Oh, just right out of the fermenter, right in the kegs, uh-huh. unfiltered." And I was like, "And you know what? That beer lasted the longest, and it tasted better than the filtered version." Uh-huh. So there straight off the tit, still alive, it's conditioning. And th- that's what we do as home brewers. We're drinking it straight off the tit in the bright tank, right? So, right. Well, there you go. Anyways. About tits. Oh, you can never have enough. I'm more of an ass guy, but 
fruit beer, fruit beer. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about fruit beer. Uh, John, <laughs> tell us tell us about fruit beer. What does the BJCP say about fruit beer? Everything, everything. <laughs> Meaning what? All I can gather from what they say is that it has to be harmonious. Everything needs to be balanced. Mm-hmm. So when you go to add fruit to your beer, be conservative and make sure that you <clears throat> keep a beer like impression to the beer. Don't get over. Mm-hmm. fruity mm-hmm. you know um, don't go overboard it's mm-hmm. such an open-ended category i mean every beer could have fruit added to it um but you know they talk about you know the pilsner you know if you're gonna lager it you're definitely gonna want to use way less fruit versus the nail mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. you don't because you have less esters so that fruit's gonna be more impactful mm-hmm. um so you know just be careful and then there's a difference between actual raw fruit and extract fruit extract mm-hmm. you know um and mike can talk about that um i think you know when you finish raw fruit i think you gotta pasteurize it or break it down before you brew with it i don't know but i don't know much about fruit beer so <laughs> sorry it, it depends a lot on the beer i think yeah. you know and and the fruit uh you know something that's uh got a skin that you peel off like, you know the the fruit inside is is clean uh you know you don't have to worry about any bugs or something like that if you're if you're making a beer where you know that's not an issue some some fruits um uh you know if you if you heat them up um you can get a pectin haze right so you need uh you, you might hit with some pectin haze to to break that down but uh you can get a real hazy beer by heating up some fruits you can you can set the pectin and uh, get a hazy beer, so you need to be careful about that. And there's a still a big discussion, right, Mike, on when to add like raw fruit. Like I've heard people adding in the mash, I like bananas. I've heard people adding mm-hmm. um, pre-boil, post-boil, cooler temps, post-boil. Just before you said that, neck beard beer in the chat is basically asking that. He said, "Are there times in the brewing process where it's a bad idea to add fruit?" I mean, I just, well, the heat. I mean, right? Yeah, you know, the, it's it's that heat thing. So I think that uh, you know the addition of fruit, you know, before or during the boil, you're doing a couple of things. One is you know you can set the pectin. The other is you can end up with more of a cooked fruit flavor than a fresh fruit flavor. Mm. And the other is um, you can blow off a lot of those volatile aromatics, which are so precious and very hard to come by, you know, that fresh fruit character. I mean, imagine if you had, um, you know, strawberry jam or, you know, and and what that smells like and, you know, fresh crushed strawberries. It's completely different aromas. Totally. You know, I think everybody can associate that. It's like, oh, wow, like a brighter, fresher strawberry Mm. or, oh, cooked strawberries. Mm. And that's the kind of difference you're getting between putting fruit in anytime before the boil and, you know, uh, dry fruiting it. That's the best way I've ever heard it described. That's that's what I do. That's what I do. There you go. I thought it was pretty good myself. I, I was just like, came huh. up with that. I was like, oh, then I, I got it. That makes like, good that's sense. a good analogy. I like that. Yeah. 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 Because, <laughs> yeah, like uh, preserves have been preserved, right? They've been heated right. and they've been cooked, pasteurized. Mm-hmm. And so if you're making jam, you're doing that at home without the beer. Right. 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 The heat's breaking it down, adding sugar. Right. Raspberries, sure. strawberries, anything like that. You kind of get that uh, 
kind of more cooked. That doesn't mean that's necessarily bad. I mean, you know, strawberry jam, uh, you know, can be quite well, quite flavor. delicious. Yeah, great but it's it's entirely different. And if you're looking for fresh fruit character, like a lot of people are, um, you know, and that's what they really want to capture in their beers. Uh, a cooked character is is mm. uh, you know counter to that. What do you think about using a juicer and then adding it to like a bright tank? Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. I think it might be some filtering like issues, but right, right. That way you're not cooking it, mm-hmm. but it's still broken down, soluble, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you're blending it back. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, right? you could, uh, versus versus whole fruit or yeah, even just, just smashed fruit. I mean, the, the juicer is really going to make a, make a really thin it out, you know, so it's uh, more exposed. You get more goodness out of the fruit, mm-hmm. same amount of fruit. I remember Mike would talk about the whole idea of a fruit beer when he was entering fruit beers that was drinkability, that it was still beer-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, make sure it's still the beer, yeah. And a lot of the fruit beers, I mean, you were really careful when you were making those, but... You would get it too fruity, and I couldn't drink them sometimes. They would be like, oh, my God, this is like just raspberry NyQuil bomb, you know? It's just beer, mm-hmm. and it's like, no more, you know? And that was extract, but it was drinkable well, like a yeah. beer. There's a tendency when you're adding, whether it be uh, fruits, vegetables, spices, whatever, to beer, is to make you know to be concerned that you don't add enough, that you don't get the effect. Mm-hmm. It's hard to add too little, actually. That's what I found. You could, uh, <laughs> and in most situations, you can add it late. You know, you can uh, add it at the uh, at the per keg level, or at the per pint level, or at the per sip mm-hmm. level, if you want, mm-hmm. by doing you know some like uh, juicing or making some extracts, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, that. You ever had the uh, the frambois, the the Lindemans? You know, that's sure. a fruit beer, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not really lambic, but it's considered lambic. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's this like a cherry, mm-hmm. raspberry. Or soft drink like uh, New Glarus and they're right. That's delicious. Beer. It's got a that's a intense fruit character. I'm I'm not that big a fan of it because um, mm-hmm. it's too fruity and too sweet for me. I think. Yeah, once in a while they're interesting. I would I would never typically order beers like that. Yeah. But, it's uh, it's listed as uh, the number one classic example. They've got uh, New Glarus Belgian Red and Raspberry well, Tart. Well. I mean, it's interesting, but. Um, just uh you know overdone i mean you know the the bjcp says overall impression a harmonious marriage of fruit and beer key attributes the underlying style will be different with the addition of fruit and i expect the base beer to taste the same as the unadulterated version judge the beer based on the pleasantness and the balance of the resulting combination well i would say that nuclearis is not balanced whatsoever that the it's not a harmonious marriage it's um all about the fruit and there's very little beer character there right. i'm not saying it's a bad beer but i'm just saying you know from that phrase there that really does not match the only mm-hmm. exception i might make with that is that remember it is a sour beer so yeah it's not but, really on its sour. own with four without the fruit added it's still going to be a sour beer so they're blending it that is yeah, still left at the end but it, obviously yeah i agree that the fruit is just overpowering right right uh they list pels cherry stout dogfish uh, head apricot hop which we, we happen to have. Uh, Great Divide Wild Raspberry, Founders, uh, Rebus, uh, yeah, let's see, a Rattler, Raspberry Empire Set, a, a Beat of Purple Haze, 
I never got strawberry beer, Saxer lemon lager, or Magic Hat number nine. Essentially, pretty much all a, uh, a Midwest East Coast kind of uh, list here, except for a Pyramid Apricot Ale, which, um, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, I've had the Saxer lemon lager. That's also a West Coast, I think. Is it not? Um, I'm not actually, familiar with that. Actually, thought that was pretty good. Um, you know, the um, interesting thing. Uh, I was talking with uh, Jay at the Rare Barrel. They're a new brewery in Berkeley, and uh, they haven't started wow. releasing any beer yet. Blowing up out they there. Don't have any yet. Right. It's well, they've got lots of beer. Well, it's it's not in ready. barrels, so everything is a barrel aged sour beer. And we were there. We we're tasting various fruit beers. They were they tried some barrels with uh, raspberries, and the the flavor was quite intense. Raspberry is a very intense character mm-hmm. to it, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of raspberry aroma, a lot of raspberry flavor, a tartness, a very full. I think he was using. Uh, 42 ounces in a in a single barrel, which is quite a bit. Saxer is in Oregon. Yes. So you know. It was on a flight, on Alaska Airlines flight, and I, I had the Saxer. Uh, and I thought it was actually uh, quite good. I was I was impressed. I, a nice balance to it. Usually um, those three pounds in a barrel. Yeah, yeah. So, and then... Um, uh, so they had, they had the, uh, the Frambois, the, the mm-hmm. raspberry... They had a peach. They had a blackberry, I think it was. They had a, 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 several different fruits. And when the peach came up, and Tasty knows this, peach really doesn't give much flavor to a beer. It's really, it's so light. I was telling them, you know, anytime I wanted to make a peach beer, I'd throw in some apricots because then it tastes mm. like peach. Yeah. Because mm. uh, apricots have a bolder flavor than peach does. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jay said something very interesting. He says, you know, uh, he, he asked a question about, you know, what's your, you know, thought on, um, uh, you know, fruit character, you know, should a peach beer have a strong peach character as strong as a raspberry beer or should peach always be subtle because it's more of a subtle fruit and raspberry always be bold. Because it's a bold fruit. Or should they be equal? Should you be striving for equal levels of fruit character in those beers? And for me, I think, you know, you want differing levels. And I think all of us kind of agreed in the end. But I thought it was a very interesting question, a very insightful question. Something to consider is that would you add a ton of pear, for instance? Uh Uh-huh. Because you have to to get any pear flavor. Right, right. Or... Would you use the normal amount and just end up with less pear flavor? I think that's mm-hmm. probably the practicalities of adding fruit to beer probably dictate that, that lighter flavored fruits are going to be in lighter flavored fruit beers. Well, and you're going to need to add a lot more yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, because, it's just too much to be practical. Right. You you, you need to, well, and, you know, you just in the, order to get, um, just in order to get a character at all, yeah. you need to use... 10 or 20 times more pear than you would raspberry. Take you three right. years of brewing. But, you know, you're never going to get that raspberry, that level of intensity right. 
Um, but you're still going to need to use more in order just yeah, to get it, enough of a character where it's, it's where it's evident right. and where it's kind of balancing. Where, like the BJCP says, it's a harmonious marriage of fruit and beer. But that's one of the things you always say, Tasty. Is you know you got to have beer. You know, it's got to taste like it's beer. And, I, beer and I think first, yeah. I'm sure John, when we did our style show earlier, that's one of the things we said. It's got to taste like beer. If it doesn't taste like beer anymore, then, you know, you've lost the whole thing. It might as well be wine or it might as well be cider. Did you ever judge fruit beer? Oh, sure, sure. And what did you commonly find? Was it like in, in air? Oh, you know, poorly fermented beer. Of, of course, right. You know, or somebody added fruit to kind of mask it or something. Right. We'll be right back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I think we... <laughs> We're going, to, cue. we're going to take a short break because we're, we're, we're running a little long on this first one. Oh. Uh, and when we come back, we'll get more into uh, fruit beer and we'll, we'll taste some, some fine examples right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. In a world where everything has been lost... What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the home brewer. Tired of the same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys... Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Tonight is the night. We bring the 
return to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Lore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My doctor, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creatures and the acids. <laughs> yes, J.P. Lore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome! No, I mean, yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. Now back to Brewing with Style. Hey, 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 hey. All right, we're back. Fruit we're, beer. We're tasting all sorts of fruit beers. It took us a while to pour these. Normally, we uh, we have a big selection here mm-hmm. of five different beers. Yeah, <clears throat> you bet we have. I a think big six selection. is a lot of beers <laughs> to, to rate and judge. I'm well, gonna sleep here on the couch. Yeah, we're having the uh, tasting McDowell Dortmunder. We're having a uh, actually the dogfish head is the Festina Pesh. It was in the slot with the Abraham. So, uh, oh well. Uh, Pyramid apricot, um, apricot blonde from a listener, and a uh, magic hat number nine. Oh, that tasty beer! That's tasty. Number nine, number nine. Remember the Beatles song? It's interesting that we've got three apricot beers. We did the number nine on. 
can you brew it? Yeah, we did. That was a great beer. And it had uh, <clears throat> it had uh, apricot added to it. Yep, apricot extract. And uh, what a trip! Hmm? These beers. Ah, uh, it's some. Uh, it's interesting. <sighs> we got our first listener beer for this one as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Took ten shows. Yeah, we're gonna get him <laughs> on the line in a minute. Sweet. Hmm. Everyone's just sniffing and sorry. Well, and sipping. Remember, yeah, we hate to. We do have that. time to drink. But he's all, uh, he's remember a, that if you if you happen to be the winner in the competition against all these commercial beers, you send in a beer and you win. You get the uh, jet ski. Oh, that's right. You win a jet ski. That's, right. that's parked here in the creek, uh, ready to roll. So many of these just smell like candy. So Tasty McDowell, you've got a beer in here. You may, you're you're gunning for that jet ski, huh? I'll probably donate to uh, charity. <laughs> we'll just leave it in the creek. That's to Moscow then? Mm-hmm. Just ride home? Homeless <clears throat> hookers or something. Nice. Wow, well, this is, this is an apricot, apricot uh, beer uh, taste off we're doing here for sure. Right, right. Well, and, uh, and on yours, you Mine's did peach. Uh, peach. Mm-hmm. Which is like a very subtle apricot. It does. It's like, like, ooh, a little, bit, light. Uh-huh. a little bit more balanced there. Nice, nice job, Mike. What's uh, more so, beer like? So the dogfish. Uh, oh, that's a pitch. That's a. Uh, it's, it's like a like a sour beer. But it's I, pear, right? Or grape? What is it? Pear? What's pitch? Pear, right? There's a little lacto in the dogfish, right? Oh yeah, and a lot of it's a sour beer, right? Right. Yeah, it's not it's good. I guess truly in the fruit category, but I think you know it's interesting if you're if you're saying you know the beer character melds well with the uh, fruit character, then I would say that like a lot of lambics, you know, you get a great beer character there and the fruit character. I think right. that that could be you know. Well, no, you're getting because it's sour, it's it's acidic, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be citrus in nature, right? So you right. can certainly and, and put some fruit in that. Enhances yeah. the fruit. That's one of the things. One of the tricks about uh, fruit beer, I'm sure we mentioned in our earlier uh, style uh, shows, uh, earlier Jamel shows, when we did Fruit Beer John, that uh, we talked about the addition of a slight bit of acid to your your beer to get a brighter uh, fruit character. You know, that tartness uh, adds to fruit character like fruit character adds to the perception of tartness. You know, they're they're almost married. Almost every fruit, or the majority of fruits, I think, have some sort of uh, acidity to them that kind of adds to that character of freshness. And so, you know, you can sprinkle in a little bit of citric acid uh, and, you know, or... uh, uh, you know other acids but any you know, acid little, but citric, citric obviously citric citric is, is a good choice yeah sure. uh, you can get it at your homebrew shop usually um especially if they do any sort of wine making and just a, a a little dash not to where you start tasting a sourness or a sharpness or an acidity but that acidity starts coming up a little bit um it really makes a beer seem more lively and fresh and flavor crisp. enhancer and, kind of thing yeah, yeah it, it it brings out uh you know that that especially for fruit beers makes the fruit seem much fresher right. and you could adjust with phosphoric acid or lactic acid as well your water right mhm 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 right i think uh, it is an acid malt in the in the grist too right and yeah, I, I guess you could situate them all right yeah yeah which is essentially lactic acid mhm 
Gotcha. Because it's lactobacillus that's generating that acid. And that's happening in the mash? Uh, no. Yeah, the... the the monsters that are making it, they let it sour up naturally with uh, the natural bacteria that's present, become acidic, and then they kind of dry it on there and then ship it. And the only reason to use it is because, you know, the Reinheitsgebot, where you couldn't add lactic acid. Right. You know, so you're adding, loss. This, yeah, you're adding this malt that has lactic acid on it, and that was the whole purpose behind cool. the acid malt. Right. But I think, you know, if you're looking just for adjusting your pH and crisping things up and you're not really going for a sour effect, then just adding some lactic acid is good. Much easier, much easier to control, much better. I think, you know, the lactic, the acid malts can get, especially natural um, souring of malt in a mash can get quite funky quite fast. Hmm. So don't store the... uh Acidulated malt next to the fermenters, right? Well, no, you can. I mean, they've they've uh, kind of killed everything okay. off. Although, uh, yeah, everything gets can get get pretty stanky. Mm. But yeah, we were tasting uh, you know, all these uh, these uh, soured fruit beers uh, there at the Rare Barrel, and uh, uh, you know, I was uh, you know quite impressed by the balance, and you know, I thought that that was a, a really good point that Jay had about mm-hmm. you know how the levels, you know, are different for different fruits. So, you know, you don't expect, you know, all the fruit intensity to be the same. But I think, you know, my point being, you really do need to up your your fruit if you're going to try and make, uh, you know, one of these more delicately fruited beers. Strawberry beers are notoriously uh, difficult to get a good strawberry character. Again, ripeness of fruit. If you make fruit, grow your own fruit, you leave it longer on the vine, and you end up with a you know more in, intense and full and rich flavor. I think that that's important. Now, Tasty, uh, tell us about your Dortmunder. <laughs> I just realized I. Uh, <clears throat> well, Dortmunder is, is the uh, is a Dortmunder that uh, that uh, we did for the uh, Doc Tasty uh, test, mm-hmm. where I he fermented uh, at longer temperature, and I fermented at. Uh, like a modified uh, lager kind of fermentation, and uh, but like the dormender I used to make, it has as to me it has an inherent uh, apricot or peach uh, character to it. So uh, as I thought, well for this show I would uh, bu- you know bottle a, a bottle of it and then uh, add the uh, I used uh, peach extract to uh, to add to the peach, but I, but I didn't realize I. I added the 16 drops, which is what I used uh, of uh, in my 12 ounce bottle. But I didn't realize I should have realized I was doing a 22 ounce bottle, and my, and my aroma is uh, definitely well below where I wanted it to be. You underdropped. I underdosed. Underdosed. Not nearly high enough. Hmm. Do you think the number nine in the pyramid is extract, Mike? Uh, I believe it did. Uh, that was our understanding. I think when we did the uh, mm-hmm. Kenya Brewit show. Mm-hmm. Which worked out great. Uh, Makes it easy. I, I think definitely the uh, the pyramid. It, it, it seems very extracty to me. Yeah, it seems it like apricot like extract. The the number nine, I think, actually is more seems more fruit like, real fruit like than yeah, yeah, the good. pyramid. Right, pyramids like the the candy fruit quality. Mm-hmm. I think part of that is balance. I think the number nine has a better beer 
to fruit balance to it. Right. And that's one of the things that's important is, you know, making sure the beer is still well represented. It needs to taste like beer with the fruit integrated right. versus just a bunch of apricot. I think that's one thing you've done well is, uh, Mike, it's a much more subtle thing, but it tastes like beer right. with fruit integrated in a very delicate fashion. Yeah. I think the, the number nine beer with fruit integrated in a much more kind of controlled fuller fashion you get to the pyramid still like beer but uh, quite a bit of it's got a lot of apricot extract. flavor hiding beer flavor yeah. it's yeah. it's a, a little too much. It's too much it's certainly towards that side mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it's it's difficult to talk about the uh festina pesh because it's in a whole different world mm-hmm. it, tastes, it tastes like a sour beer up against all these other ones which it is oh it is yeah oh but it's got a great fruit balance with the sourness. It's a lovely beer. No, that's great. It's very just, enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Well, what if you were judging a, it's a wine-like. fruit beer category? Yeah. I was going to ask with this. And it wouldn't be uncommon to have a big, uh, a bunch of apricot beers, and then uh, some guy throws in a sour beer that's right. really well made and right, well done. Uh, but what, what would you say? You'd say, "Oh, get out of here!" I wish that's, you were in the sour you category. Be in the sour category. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I would be like, "Yeah, that's fine," because I mean, the description is. You no, know, no, it's harmonious marriage yeah. of fruit and beer. Right. I mean, say it can't that, be there, that there's another category to it, you know, right. uh, that might be more appropriate. I don't know. I mean, perhaps if you don't, uh, I don't know. Now, on the listener beer, this is uh, mm-hmm. from uh, Mr. Tim uh, Wong. Tim, Tim Wong mm-hmm. out of San Diego. Jane's Blonde, an apricot hail. Uh, OG 1060, Final Gravity uh, 07, uh, uses two-row and crystal 20, and hopped with Cascade. I think he's on the line to tell us about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, Tim. <coughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's happening? Man, I just uh, try not to drink too much of this apricot before I talk to you guys. <laughs> tell us about it. Uh, well, I think uh, Jay-Z ran down the, the malt bill. Um, I can't take full credit for this. I know you're... Uh, your sponsor, Northern Brewer, actually has a clone for or a professional series from uh, Dry Dock and their Paragon Apricot. Um, but I, I'm into bigger beers, and San Diego kind of forces you uh, into that box. And uh, I wanted to imperialize it a little bit. And with the uh, crush that I was getting and the numbers that I was hitting, I uh, tweaked the recipe a little bit with the, the grain bill. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I'll say... Um you know, I, I I taste more real fruit in this one than I do in any of the others, other than maybe the dogfish. And not so much from just a flavor side. I taste the the pulp, the, uh, the right, the actual right. matter. The, the well, it's actually kind of cloudy too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a, a a very hazy beer. Yeah, I, I think the trick to that is I actually put puree into the fermentation. Mm-hmm. And it adds a little bit of complexity and also allows it to dry out a little bit. If you see the finish, it finishes off at around 10.07. And um, putting that that uh, puree into the fermentation really takes off that fermentation again and, and allows that beer to dry out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I add extract when I'm bottling. And I do bottle condition this beer, 
And I think that one of the, I like the uh, carbonation coming out of bottle conditioning, but, you know, it's really hit or miss when you're bottle conditioning with extract because Tasty's talking about these drops, but you you either hit it or miss it uh, depending on how much extract you add. And I, I really found that the brand of extract really matters. So what do you guys think? Is this to style? Uh, yeah, I would say it's to style. I think... Um Boy, it's it's almost it's too much fruit character. I think you know when when you know or at least for Tasty and I we yeah, we, we, just, we like more a little more beer character, and this is really going quite bold in the fruit character. But you know if they're going to list New Glarus as number one, then <laughs> then this is all bets are off. You, you could go you know fifty times the fruit character in this before you get to that point. So I would say yeah, it fits right in right in with the category now. If it was, uh, you know, uh, the four of us judging, I mean, we might be, might say, you know, uh, I'm not getting enough beer. Hey, Tim, would you do anything different next time you brew this beer? You know, this, uh, it, uh, again, it's it's an issue of how much of the extract that you're putting in. I might try kegging it rather than bottle conditioning, so I really have control over the amount of extract. I think the amount of extract that goes in will determine the amount of fruit and the amount of the base that's actually coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I, th- I think that that may be part of the issue. It may be because, uh, you know, you get the, the nice, uh, you know, real fruit base in there, and it's obvious. You can tell the difference between extract and real fruit uh, a lot of times. And, you know, it's obviously used, you know, real fruit in there. Um, but the the extract layer is is also very prominent and i think that yeah. that may be sending it over the edge if you had used maybe you know a portion less of that extract um i think you might might really be there i have before used this same extract and put the mm-hmm. same amount in and it does ha- it did have a little bit less of that punch so mm-hmm. uh, i'm not sure if it's if it's a timing issue or if it just from batch to batch, it, it, you're you're rolling the dice a little bit when you throw the whole bottle in there. I I, I think I think so. You know, because the the extracts can be, uh, you know, fresher or not. Um, I, I I see you won the uh, 2012 San Diego uh, State Fair competition. They got first place in fruit beer, best in show. That's out of uh, over 1,200 entries, which is huge. Wow! And the 2013 uh, Coif. America's Finest City Homebrew Comp uh, got first place in uh, fruit beers as well. So you had a lot of success with this. I see, you know, again, I think the real fruit character is uh, something really, really nice uh, to have to have in there as well. Thanks so much for sending yeah. this in to us, Tim. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, and, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. And, uh, you know, you guys, if you're listening, uh, the, the schedule of what beers we're doing is up on, in the forums. And you can see which uh, beers we're going to be doing, what styles. And we want you to send in, in some beers. So, uh, you know, give Scott at the Brewing Network uh, uh, an email, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send him an email. Tell him what, what beers you have. When you gotta, you got to send them in before the show. <laughs> and uh, we'd love to taste them. And like I said, if you're a winner... You get yourself a uh, beautiful new jet ski. Uh, the wheels on it are like, like functioning. They, are they, well, yeah, they're functioning. They're fun- they turn. I don't know about the brakes, but the brakes, yeah. Um, and, and it has paint. Um, Did yeah. they get a magazine from you too? Sharpie, sharpie markers. 
No. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to see you participate in the show. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll uh, get more into fruit beer and uh, and declare a, a winner in this competition. And hopefully it'll be Tasty or, or Tim. And they'll they'll walk away or roll away with the uh, the fine jet ski parked outside the uh, Brewing Network right after this. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit AustinHomebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of BrewVent Yeast Fuel as well. Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit AustinHomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, AustinHomebrew.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. 
I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeved shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Now back to Jamil, Tasty and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're enjoying some uh, wonderful fruit beers here, including a listener beer. Uh, very nice to Tim to uh, yeah, go to the you. time and expense thank of you. sending something in to us. It's great. We really appreciate that, Tim, and uh, we're enjoying the beer. <clears throat> and if you come up, uh, Scott, I'll give you a hand job. All right. Uh, well, and I've... Uh, you know, we 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 went through these, and it was kind of surprising, um, what what we found. And now, uh, Scott, what was your number one beer? Well, it feels a little unfair because mm-hmm. it's so different. Mm-hmm. But the Dogfish Head, mm-hmm. because you know, I've I have a soft spot for sours, as most of us do, and it is just tart. And especially next to the rest of these, especially like the mm-hmm. Pyramid, which is candy, the tart is just it just cuts through everything. It's really refreshing. Now, here's you know, going back to the previous show. This Festina Pesci is tart. Mm-hmm. It's not sour. No, it's not. Cr- it's it's crisp and dry, but it's tart. I hate That's the, tart. I hate the sour descriptor. Right. It's it's so off putting to people right. who don't know but sour it's beer. Tart, tart. So compare that to the wit beers. This is tart. The wit beers weren't. Right. Yep. This is tart. Right. At least that's right. my take. Yeah, on. no, absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's an excellent beer. So kind of unfair to the others. What would you pick as your your number one past that? Uh, Tasties. Um, it's the least fruity of them. I think I um, I might have um, tainted it in, in Tasty's favor because I tried his before I tried any other beer. And if you do that, you definitely get the fruit character from it. If you try it after the pyramid, for example, there's no fruit in Tasties hardly at all. But since I was able to pick up the fruit before I sullied my palate, mm-hmm. I and it had just enough there to, to be there, but not enough to be overwhelming fruit. I, I did as well. That was the first one I tried because I knew it was going to be subtle because I know how he makes it. And I've, I've had it before. And so I was like, well, I better try that one first. And sure enough, there's that you know, very delicate peach mm-hmm. in with the, the Dortmunder. Yep. 
And, you know, you kind of get that very delicate character. Sure. And that's, you know, again, it's it's a beer. With You're fruit. almost evaluating a Dortmunder at the same time. Right. I think it's the way you evaluate fruit beers. I mean, the I mean, guidelines talk about that. How good a is, you know? You know. Well, and when I remember back sitting in more beer, and we were talking about Dortmunder and fruit beers, and I, th- I, th- I thought you had a Dortmunder where it was really good, but it had a little bit of sulfur, which made it seem a little bit peachy, and then we kind of got into the whole peach thing. I think what it was is, uh, I think we were there with Olin, and uh, you know, being the homebrew owner, he... He brought out olives extracts, and he let us try uh, a different ones. Oh, that's something else. Maybe. I think it was just you and me. Maybe it was. Yeah. I know it was you, you that told me to, when I go to dose my fruit beer, or mm-hmm. dose anything, is, you know, pour four ounces of it into a glass. You know, already have selected your right. what you're going to do. Count Before your that, you've, drops, already, yeah. you've already poured the beer out and got it foamy and smelt the beer. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe that, you know, the best fruit to add to a beer is a fruit that it already is, is, is projecting. Right, right. right. You know, if it's yeah, favorite. absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, in this case, I decided it was uh, peach. Apricot would have been a great close second for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, you again, you pour four ounces in a glass and you just, but I, you know, extract. You add extract, you know, a, a number of drops or mm-hmm. tablespoons at a time, whatever you're adding. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you taste it and see if you're getting to the point where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Then you just, uh, when you get one, you got it the way you like it, and it's basically mm-hmm. a, by taste, and of course, all brewing is by taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one that's a one-time shot. It's kind of hard to do, right. but if you can do it late, like mm-hmm. we were doing with the uh, with the dosing, you just take the, whatever you come up with for, for four ounces, and you extrapolate that to right. your whatever you're going to dose five gallons or well, and two then, gallons. Or whatever. Then the thing I've I've always said is, you know, you dose it until you can just smell the smell aroma. Exactly. Because if the judges can't smell it, then yeah. they're not going to they're going to ding it. They need the fruit in the aroma, and that's the hardest thing to get. And then they'll imagine it in the flavor. Right. So that's fine. You just need so they can smell it. If it's overpowering in the aroma, then it's too much. Right. If it's too subtle in the aroma, then it's too little. Right. You get the aroma right, and then you know the judges will take care of the rest. Right. Now you know as, as far as uh, if I was you know picking a beer you know for uh, some girl that wanted a fruit beer. You know, I would. She's going to more than like the beer that's way over, over, way too much fruit in it. Way you're, tastes like uh, Kool Aid. You're, you're, you're. She's going to want. She's going to say, oh, "This is the you're best." Not giving women credit. Nobody's <laughs> telling the truth. Oh no! I, I find more I, women my like experience. IPA than well, anything I, else. I'm talking about. They, they want a fruit beer. They're yeah. going to want a, uh, a Lindemans. They really are. Mm, Maybe yeah. for flavor, but I don't know about aroma. I don't know. I, I you know, I'm finding women have. Uh, you know, maybe back in the day when uh, it was, you know, I'm talking about naive drinkers, yeah, like t-shirt contest, savvy drinkers. No, they like want to creak from. Uh, Tasty's talking yeah, about the type drunk. of chicks he hangs out with. Yeah, the dumb ones. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Have you tried dude. to get anywhere with the, the, the smart ones? If they're way ahead of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you brew panty dropper beer. That's the and problem. Fruit See, beer I married beer. a smart one, and so I'm yeah, stuck. Yeah. Well, yeah. And used, what am I going to do? You're dealing with smart. Yeah. Okay, intelligence is sexy. Oh, that's why you find me John's so sexy. wife is listening. <laughs> oh, no. He's talking to his wife. <laughs> and my wife is pretty smart. Too smart. All right. Um, so, uh, John, you liked uh, which one best? Your it's winner a, is? Flip a coin. It was Mike or number nine, and I went with Mike. Okay. And Mike, you went with? 
my coin landed the other way, number nine, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to have to go with mine, yeah, second, and then uh, the, uh, I like the dogfish, I think it's a interesting beer, I would, uh, I would buy that and, and drink it. Um, t- yeah, yeah, that's my first three. Yeah, my, my top one, if we're judging all the beers in front of us, is the dogfish. For the reasons that Scott listed, amazingly so, but uh, <clears throat> I yeah the uh, Tasties, uh, Dortmunder or the number nine, uh, that's a that's a real good example of the number nine. That that must be uh, a fresh beer or something. That's that's really really quite nice. Um, I think I'd have to go Tasty on that and number nine, and then uh, Tim's uh, Apricot and the Pyramid as as last for me, but. Uh, and the pyramid was way over the top. Too, too hmm. artificial. And like uh, Tasty's saying, you know, if you want somebody that wants, who doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have like a, beer, doesn't have a refined a palate, who isn't looking for a beer character, is looking for a, you know, just a, uh, you know, a clean, well-made, uh, you know, real fruity, obvious fruit where they're they're not going to pick up on subtleties. Uh, then you know the apricot, uh, you know uh, the the pyramid apricot, they're right in there. I mean, nothing wrong with it, you know. Again, none of these beers are have, uh, you know, like a production faults. It's no. just that, you know, it's a different flavor profile than we appreciate. So, eh, there you go. You know, that it depends on what you like. So, uh, like, like much in life. All right. Let's uh, take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up and we'll maybe do some questions, give away some gifts, and... Uh, so on and so forth, right after this. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece of for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream. Or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home-brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. 
Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right. Yeah, we were talking uh, during the break about the Magic Hat and uh, noticed that uh, it's in a bomber format. We've had it in six packs before. We thought that that was really fantastic in the bomber. Uh, we were supposing that, you know, if you've tried it before in the six-pack, you might want to try it again in the Bomber. And uh, we're, we're very impressed with the, the quality of uh, the beer in the Bomber. And the beer got so, better as it warmed up, I thought. Yeah, uh, and, yeah you know, I mean, you know, if you're, most of your friends are people that aren't really into the finer points of craft beer. That's a great thing to break out, just for have, to have them try it. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's good beer. Yeah, it's a nice, nice-made uh, fruit beer. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, the the winner of the uh, the challenge here is uh, Dogfish Head. So tasty, you were real close. Oh, I almost got the jet ski. You're not, not going to win the jet ski. Uh, we're, we're sending it. Uh, I had the bikini team on the line. Just no, we're going to we're going to send that out to uh, Dogfish. Um, Calajoni's a rich boy. He doesn't need a jet ski. No, we got to play by the rules. So Sam, uh, expect that jet ski uh, will will. Uh, uh, get the wheels uh, down on that thing, and and we'll give it a good good hard shove, and it should make the East Coast in in a couple of months. This is ridiculous. So look for it. Look he doesn't it. need that. Well, and Tim, for being a willing participant, a willing guinea pig, uh, gets himself a copy Signed. of uh, Thirty Great Beer Styles from the Best of Brew Your Own magazine. There you go. Tim's a winner, regardless. How about that? We like winners. Scott doesn't seem thrilled. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah, no, he's. Uh, I mean, he as if he didn't win enough contests with that beard already. Now yeah, he's, he's now he's won, won again. Yeah, 
There you, that's what we do at the Brewing Network. Make you all winners. <laughs> all right. Uh, questions from the chat. All right. There's a bunch of them. Let's get through these. Um, why, after Lab wants to know, does fruit beer usually work better with Belgian or phenolic yeast compared to using fruity West Coast IPA hops, which most agree seems to clash with yeast phenolics? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure phenols always are necessarily better, but, um, you know, a lot of those Belgian yeasts have a lot of fruit character to them. Um, the U.S. type of hops tend to also have a lot of uh, piney, uh, resiny, and uh, kind of a, you know, caddy type of character to them, and that does not go well with... Uh, with fruit, I think, or with sweetness, since you know yeah. that tends to clash. It's kind of a contradiction, right? All right, another question from the same guy after lab. He said, "Being that extracts are so concentrated, is there a way to taste the freshness of an extract, you know, prior to using it?" Oh, I don't know. I imagine, uh, you know, diluted in some distilled water and it's all sensory. I, water, I mean, right? I you know, it's not a lab. I don't know. Otherwise, it's just sensory, like yeah. You know, one thing I, I did discover is, um, you know, there's different extracts, and there's baking extracts, and there's, you know, like food extracts, and there's all sorts of different types of extracts. Some of them are more oily, and some of them are more, um, you know, like fruit compound flavor uh, things. And um, the thing to do is to try the different ones. Like, you go and you buy your, your baking extract at the store, buy the the fruit extract from your homebrew shop, you know, get as many different brands of fruit extract and you can try them all side by side, right? And what you'll find is some of them are much more like, you know, the skin of the fruit. Some of them are more like the pit of the fruit. Some of them are more like the meat of the fruit. Some of them are more cooked. Some of them are more fresh. Some of them are more acidic. Some of them are more sweet. And the thing that I found that made the most uh, realistic fruit character was to blend these. So I'd find a real oily, pithy one, like I, I was trying to do real lemons. I'd find a like a, a lemon oil type of thing, and I'd find a, a lemon fruit type of thing and add those, you know, 50-50, and I'd get like, wow, that tastes like real lemons. People would think, that's that's actual lemons. Right. So, uh, you know, by blending uh, different types of extract, I think you, you, you get the, the, the freshest, well, I, most. I can see where that can happen drink. because, I mean, you know, when you, when you create the extract, you're going to use a mm-hmm. process, a single process. And you're going to create, you know, some element of the flavor spectrum of that fruit. Mm-hmm. And it could lean towards flavor, could lean towards aroma, mm-hmm. could be somewhere in the middle. Right. If you're alcohol extracting oils yeah. from the skin of, you know, an orange or a lemon versus you're squeezing the fruit and, and boiling it down and making it concentrate versus you're using chemicals to, you know, come up with something that resembles, you know, that fruit. They're all completely different. You're going to get different results. So, yeah, if you could use uh, one or more or two or more, mm-hmm. you're going to get yeah cover more of the uh, flavor spectrum in your beer. What do you think about having a base beer and a fruit beer so you could actually fix it either way? Right, right. You know, uh, I'm sure blending, Mike, you know, Mike does this a lot. He'll, he'll brew, you know, 10 gallons or something, and like, turn five of it into fruit beer, and then if he needs to adjust one way or the other, he can, you know, add back a little bit of base beer. Right. We do this uh, at Heretic. We'll, um, you know, we barrel-age beers, and we always set some aside in stainless. One of the reasons is we want to top up the barrels. But when it comes time at the end for the final blend of the various barrels that we like, uh, 
a lot of times, you know, we wait until it's intense enough that we want to add back some stainless beer to kind of, you know, uh, kind of dial it back a little bit to where it's yeah, uh, to, perfect. Yeah, to get where you want it. Because there's you know, no easier way to to, uh, to dial in your beer than to, to blend it. Mm-hmm, I mean, you mm-hmm. can only do so much on the... Uh, Right on the drawing board, you can only do so much on the brew deck, and you can only do so much in the fermentation. Mm-hmm. On your scale, Jay Z, you're probably blending it in like a a graduated cylinder, like what 100 mils or something, maybe 70 percent from a barrel and 30 percent stainless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that how you would do it, or right? You're not right. going to throw it all into one stainless, say like this, and then just call your barrel aging. Now let that's it, right? You're going to well. Sample. I have I have done that. Oh, okay. I've I've tasted uh, you know all the barrels, and then it's like this one's good, this one's good, this one. Oh no, this one doesn't work. Throw that away. Hmm. And then the ones that I I liked, just transfer those over to a fermenter, and then you tasted that and said, well, you know, add back you know x number of barrels of our our beer that's in stainless, and blend that in, and then it's like okay, you know, there there I'm done perfect so you know that that you know it's hard to go wrong (laughs) well i was gonna say right yeah i I mean mean, you know could it have been better maybe i don't know right well you could be sitting there with two ounces of your of your barrel beer and a sniffer and you just go over to you know to your tap and add you know an ounce of right of uh, the base beer and Mm -hmm. go like that made it better or that made it worse or that was too much right do a little bit of math Mm-hmm. And you come up with how much to add back. I think a, a lot of the blending, you know, people imagine the blending being in the cup right in front of them. I think a lot of the blending is done in the mind, mm-hmm. you know, based on sensory memory. And you say to yourself, well, uh, this with this, oh, that's going to work. And then you might try it. But most of the blending, I think, you know, it, it's not experimental in front of you. I think it's very difficult to do. Um you know, it's it's done in your mind, and then you you think, oh, this you work, work backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. slick. Okay, here's one from Double uh, H. He said, "What fruit would complement the Brewing Classic Styles Berliner best?" That's a good one. The Berliner Weiss. Yes, I'm assuming. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, now that's well, tart, right? This beer's a tart. Right. Beer. I mean, your your classic, if, if your classic, are yeah, your classic fruit for that would be Woodruff. something like, you know, uh, raspberry because you you know raspberry syrup that's used with Berliner Weiss. But you know, you might try something more along the lemon or lime or oh, you know, I'm telling you, a kiwi Berliner Weiss. Kiwi, I believe that. Mm. The best Berliner Weiss I had was a Jolly Rancher apple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He melted the Jolly Ranchers down. There you go. Oh, it was apple candy. 3% alcohol, 4%. So fucking good. There you go. Have you ever had a Kiwi beer? I've never heard of that before. I bet that's delicious. <laughs> I've been to New Zealand. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had, I had beer with uh, Kiwis. Huh. Yeah. Makes me think about like fig. What about a fig beer? <laughs> yeah. You know, figs. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. Hmm. But, you know, or kiwi is is my answer. Anybody else? <laughs> Tasty? Berliner Weiss uh, fruit. Uh, was, it, was it a woodruff? Is that what they t- traditionally put in there? Yeah, yeah. That's not a fruit, I guess. No, though, it's like, it? a, like a plant. It's a uh, spice, I guess. You know, John Meyer saw him in, in Philly, <clears throat> and he was telling me that his wife uh, makes Steve. her own uh, woodruffs. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. From, like, plants in their backyard. I was like, that is absolutely really cool. Good for her. Wow. 
And she's like, she's like uh, don't chop that plant down. You know, I need that sure. for the... I was like, really? That weed? Okay. Huh. So I thought that was kind of neat. A couple more quick uh, ones. Uh, from uh, from Pork Slapper again. He said uh, he makes Northern Brewers Petite Saison Dit with a few of his own tweaks. He wanted to add peach to the recipe. The OG is 1041, five-gallon batch. How many pounds of peaches should he, quote, dry fruit in secondary with? At least five pounds, I would think. You can, you can always add more, right? Yeah. Pound per gallon, is that a good rule? Uh, yeah, on something like peach, That's yeah. That's pretty good, yeah. That sounds about right. All right, and... Take out the pit. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, a couple, one more from... Uh, another one from Double H. Do fruit skins introduce body or complexity to overcome the thinning or cidery effects that large, simple sugar additions can have on beers? For example, he says dogfish head adds lots of fruit throughout the fermentation for their forte. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting question. I imagine there's other... Uh, dextrins in skin than would be in the, the body of the pulp. Uh, well, but there's tannins, tannins in it as Yeah, well. it's just going to add another character to the beer. Right. Whether that would offset the thinness, I, I don't see how it could, actually. You know, the interesting thing, um, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, Ryan, we were going, tasting a sour beer, and, you know, the original sour beer was quite thin, and we added back some beer from Stainless, and it really filled out the body tremendously. And it really wasn't that much beer from Stainless, but it really filled out the body. So that's the way that I like to fill back body. It didn't really change the sourness, but it just, all of a sudden, it was a full beer. Um... Yeah, I don't know that uh, that skins would would do it, but uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if there was some element of truth to that. You know, because there is a lot of stuff going on in the skin to to thicken it up and to make it uh, you know more resilient. And there's you know there could be some sort of compounds in there, some you know glucan like or you know uh, glycol like type of thing compound i i don't know i'm not yeah. uh, you know, that knowledgeable that, well he's talking uh, about a fairly small beer so it could make a difference in right that, in that. I, I i wouldn't be shocked if that was the truth i i really don't know the answer all right there you go thanks everybody in the right. chat for the questions that was an excellent question there uh, that last one i thought that was quite complex if we hadn't already given away our uh copy of uh 30 great beer styles from Bre- the best of brew your own to Tim for sending in a beer, uh, I think that could have been a winner. Oh well, oh well. That's the way it goes. Uh, listen again, try again. Uh, you, you can you can win in the future. If, well, pork slapper won the first uh, segment. Pork anyway. slapper won, and uh, you know if you if you send in uh, your beer, you may actually be rolling down the street on your own. That's uh, right. Jet ski. Still up for grabs. Your own Martinez jet ski. And we don't mean the sexual kind. We mean a real. Wow. Martinez jet ski. There's a sexual jet ski? <coughs> a Martinez jet ski. That's she must guess. It's like Rusty Trombone, uh, Dirty Sanchez. There's a Martinez jet ski. Add that to Urban Dictionary. Oh, yeah. That's where it's, it's <laughs> all spraying out the rear like a like a jet. All right. So, so where so can you buy that Brewing Network stuff at? All right. At thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Check it out. Uh, everything you buy there goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. Helps support programming like this. Check out our great sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. Until then, brew strong, everybody. And often.